And they're in, yeah. right? They are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They are, and they are. I kind of remember that and Dave being up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so the nominations came out. Um, it's a very, very. Um, it's a good list this year. I hate. I, it is, I will say this is one of the better years. I was like, okay, 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 I can get with this. There was some no. surprises in there for me. Like when I saw Dionne Warwick's name, I was like, that I didn't even. All the conversations yeah. we've had about the hall and who we think she's yeah. in, and all the conversations I've had with different people, I think we forget about the vast catalog of Dionne Warwick and that she was Whitney Houston for decades. Well. What is that noise? Oh my uh, God! That's called New York police sirens and things it's outside. So loud. Wait, outside, it's... outside my double paned closed window. I was gonna say they're so loud. I thought they were outside my door. Um, right. Yeah, I didn't have. I mean, she. You know, she's obviously a, a, a peerless singer. But in the black women who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame bingo card, she was not on my list either. Right. So that's and I very... love her. I play her music. Oh, of course. I love it. It's, so that one, I was just kind of like, oh. Oh, well, who else surprised you? Who else surprised you? Mary J. Blige. Oh, that didn't surprise me at all. Um, you know why? You know why? Only because she's, and I, I love Mary, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because she is sort of, um, she's, you know, she's, she's hip and groovy and TV friendly in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? She's like, she's the shiny new thing. And if you get her and Jay up there, hello, they have an instant duet to do. So. Right, right, right. That didn't surprise me. What really, what I hope, um, Fela surprised me and I'm not going to mention. Fela surprised uh, me as well. I'm not going to mention that I nominated him last year, but I guess because I'm not a, a man, nobody paid attention to me, but. <laughs> I won't carry that to my grave, but that's okay. <laughs> no bitterness here. Right. Um, I was really happy know, for Tina. Love, yeah. I'm very happy. Um, you know, and again, the stupid argument. I mean, there is an argument. There, Okay, there is an argument to be made for she is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as is, as is um, you know, she, like Eric Clapton is in like a hundred times, actually, but... She is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Ike, but first off, on a, you know, it wouldn't it be nice to recognize the woman outside the man who tried to kill her, number one. And number two, her solo career, I like her stuff with Ike better, but her solo career was a hundred times bigger than her stuff with Ike. A thousand times bigger. She was playing clubs with Ike. She retired playing stadiums. (laughs) She had been playing stadiums for decades. Yeah, and also it was significant. I I believe she was the oldest woman to ever receive a Grammy for Album of the Year. So yeah. she it was a significant story. My only fear is that all of the women they won't cancel each other out, but I think the black women might cancel each other out because you have Shaka, you have Tina. I think Dion stands in a category by herself in terms I don't of genre. I think she's going to cancel Tina out. I think Tina, to, to black and white people, she's Tina. So I think Tina is going to get votes because she's Tina. But I do hear you. I think with just the thinking of some of these folks, that yeah. the Dion Mary situation could get a little muddled. I think Dion will get in before Mary. Well, I think if we're honest about it, in order of it all, she should. 
Yeah, no, of course. Making records first, you know. But not not only that. I mean, and you know, I mean, I know I'm old too. But I mean, Dion is like part of the. I I think that Dion appeals to people on a different level than Mary does. So they're equally. I would just listen. I nominate Chaka all the goddamn time at this point. She should send me a bouquet of flowers. Um, I'm like Chaka with Rufus. Rufus with Chaka. Now I'm at the point like nominate Chaka, and if she wants to invite those people up there, it's her fucking party. She can do what she wants. But what about Go Go's? If, oh I'll, yeah, I love the go. But I'm saying if if Shaka, if Mary gets in before Shaka, that would just break my heart because it's yeah. like, come on. Well, I, I you know what? I'm going to put it out there and say this is going to with all of these black women on the list and all of these women on the list. This is going to be Shaka's year because you're right. Now, this, what you said is true. The shiny new thing is Mary, right? And everybody loves Mary, but Jay Watch. Everybody loves yeah. her. Black people, white yeah. people, and everybody loves Shaka Khan. So th- that that's going to be an interesting one. But I also think just with these women and, you know, you have rage and all these other stuff, they could all start canceling each other out. I love the Go-Go's. I want them to get in. I want Kate Bush to get in. I think yeah, when you talk about, just on paper, besides Tina Turner, of these women, and I think they're all deserving, the person who really just, to me, made inventive music and played it by her own rules is Kate Bush. Kate Bush oh, has never yeah. done a concert in America. Do you know that? She's never Yeah, I know America. that. And, <laughs> and that's actually, I mean, that's, look, it's, I mean, that's the thing. It's so, <sighs> makes it difficult because she's one of those people who's hugely influential, but her, her profile is so low key. I heard a really good story. Somebody told me that Jay-Z, when she did her shows a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at Royal London, Albert yeah. Hall, I think, in London. No, no, she came Jay- back. It was like, it wasn't the Albert Hall. But, yeah, she came back and uh, did the 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 night, the Before the Dawn series. It was a bunch yeah. of Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. She said Jay-Z wanted to meet with her, and she said, no, I have to go to the dentist the next day. Sorry. <laughs> she chose a voluntary root canal over meeting with Jay-Z. But that's what I love about Kate Bush. That's, big to me, the most her. rock and roll thing. Totally. Make great music and be like, I don't give a fuck. I don't fuck. Care. I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm not. I, well, I don't care that much. I think the Go-Go's will get in because they, they check off a lot of boxes. I honestly, okay, here's my, um, I love, you know, Todd Rundgren's great, but he just said a stupid thing about Fela's, like nobody's been influenced by him. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Um, I'm not 100%. I would like to go all girl on this, but I do have a very sentimental and and musical affinity for the New York Dolls. And, I mean, except for David Johansson, they've all passed away. So I think that there's a good possibility they might get in. But I think that – Haven't they been on there a couple of times? uh, The last time was 2001. Um, oh, I think wow. Carol King, I think Carol King's going to get in and she's also in the hall of fame, but she's in the hall of fame as a songwriter. Right. Um, she, I think Carol, it's the 50th anniversary of tapestry. Again, she checks all the boxes. So, I mean, but you could have people say she's in for the part of her career. that was bigger and she was a bigger, she was a big art. Tapestry was a crowding moment for her, but she was a bigger songwriter. The songwriting no. career, I think, was bigger than her singing career. No, Tapestry sold over, like, but close to eight one, million. We're talking one album. That's not a whole yeah. career. <laughs> I mean, that, versus all that, of the songs that she wrote for other people. I do think her songwriting career, we love, I love Tapestry. That 
Everybody always goes to that. They never talk about any other album. So that could be a detriment where people can look and say, well, you know what? She's in as a songwriter, and that was bigger. We love Tapestry, but do we let her in because of one album that has yeah, the test that one, everybody loves? If that one album changed the landscape of music, kind of, yeah. You know, I think yeah. she has a good I think she has a good chance for a lot of reasons because she's a woman. But do because younger voters know that? That's what I'm saying. You and I know yeah. that. You know? Yeah. Do, they, yeah. do, they, do they look at Carol King and that? I know people who write songs do, but when it comes time for voting, I do think that might be the thing where they say, okay, well, she's in for songwriting. Her songwriting career was bigger. Tapestry was huge. She wrote those songs, but we've actually put her in for her songwriting. So, yeah, but her songwriting—I don't want to. But her songwriting, a lot of those songs were the ones she recorded. Right. So again, yeah. I don't think that 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 one is going to be interesting to me because I, I think I don't know if that one's a sure thing. Yeah, but yeah. um, and I don't want to really comment on the rest of them, but I I think the sleeper, the sleeper, could be uh-huh. Fela. I think he yeah. could get it. I think he very well could get in because he's someone who appeals to people who really know music. music. Absolutely. And, and people Wouldn't it be who, nice if we came back to that and that's what this was really about, just like the grand well, <laughs> like, not the popularity contest, but people who really know music and even if you haven't you know, like the New York Dolls, New York Dolls are so specific, but that thing that they did at that time influenced so many people and who got who were much bigger than them. But you have to give it to the people who actually planted that sort of seed, you know? The New York Dolls, there's no glam rock or punk rock without the New York Dolls. Boom, right. full stop. Right. That's it. I love them in there. But like I said, it would be very interesting. But I, I do think that that could be the sleeper. The voting public is not. I mean, they're not idiots. They are music people. They are you know, a, a lot of things. I, I can tell you this is not a popularity. If it were a popularity contest, a lot of bands who have gotten in, you know, let's face it, Roxy Music was huge to a very select group of people. I mean, they weren't. But they're so they, beloved, like, everybody, like, you know, when you, if you love them, you love them. I love, you know, I know so many yeah. people. They're one of those bands that more people love than you, than you realize. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah, I, I love, love them. them. So They're much. great. I love them. All right, so that'll be interesting. I believe the announcements were announced. The announcements were announced. The nominations were announced last week. Um, the ceremony, you know, fingers crossed that we can do a ceremony. It'll be in Cleveland this year. We'll see what happens. Are you going to go? No. You better I would have to, Yeah, but I have to get my ass to Cleveland. You get on a plane. Like, how hard is it to go to Cleveland? No, I have to pay for my ass to get to Uh, Cleveland. (laughs) I mean, I went when it was down in Brooklyn. I get a ticket if I write it. down the block? (laughs) Yeah, it was down the block. And I could leave when I want to. I I mean, I've heard it's way better. I've heard the party is way better in Cleveland. I mean, honestly, it's more fun. I would love to see the museum one day. Um, I am owed a ticket because I wrote the... Essay yeah, for Whitney. Yeah. Obviously, there was no show, right. but you know, if I can get my, it's like money, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm on a fixed income. Like <laughs> 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 most seniors, I'm on a fixed income. <laughs> living anyway, in a, living in a penthouse, living in a penthouse with a huge outdoor space. FYI. <laughs> uh, yeah, living I in love a people like I bought this, but you. When did you buy that? When did you buy it? 
Uh, it's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Living in a rent stabilized fabulous two bedroom. Two can play that game, mister. <laughs> two can play that game. That is true. But I will tell you, I've been in here since 1998. You know, I came to Harlem kicking. Me too. I came kicking and screaming. My mom, like I was in Brooklyn. I wanted to stay in Brooklyn. My whole, you know, my whole, whole social world was in Brooklyn. I was working in so many yeah. times. And I just couldn't find anything I liked. And, you know, my dad was from Harlem, and my mom came up as a young girl. Harlem was where she lived until, you know, they got married and bought the house in Queens and went and moved to Brooklyn first. Um, so, yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't even know what rent stabilized was. Like, the, the realtor kept saying, and it's rent stabilized. And I was like, okay. And then so I like, called my mom. I was like, I really like the place. Lady kept saying rent stabilized. I don't even know what that means. My mother was like, just take the fucking apartment. And that's why yeah, I took the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and it has served me well. And I am glad she told me because while I have watched the whole neighborhood change become really expensive around me and I've seen friends have to move because their rents have gone up, my shit is steady, you know? All right. Speaking of uh, stable, mm-hmm. let's do, a, let's do a brief, a brief. Uh, thing about the Britney movie, the Britney documentary. So um, I really could give less of a fuck about Britney Spears. No disrespect. She's not my artist. I like, I know you're a big fan, but I will say this documentary, which is called, what's it called? Framing Britney Spears. Right. And it's, it's on Hulu. It's uh, the New York times did it. So that's interesting. It's not a bought and paid for by any stretch of the imagination. It's short and sweet. And, and what it really basically does is, frames Britney Spears' career in the bigger context, I think, of how young women are treated in the industry and how women, women's, uh, the, 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 the problems that many young women go through in the industry are handled and covered way differently from the men, way differently from the men. So um, – I think it's a really good documentary. I had a moment where I felt sort of bad about thinking bad things about her, but I will say this. One of the things, my reasons for having, not being uh, crazy about her as a human being is that she was a Republican. So, you know, I could give, you know. Yeah, but I don't care care about, you know, it's like listen, I have friends that are Republicans. That doesn't bother me. I think what the documentary didn't show us anything we didn't know, right? But when you see it all together and you put the timeline together of, like you said, showing young girls the pressure of you become famous. And then, you know, the thing that they all, that that phase when a girl becomes a certain age and it's overly sexualized and very sexual. Then the attention and no structure to it all. And then you just see all of the people around her that are just kind of using her for stuff. And you, you literally see this girl have a breakdown and and th- th- like the part that was the most telling to me was the paparazzi dude who was sitting there trying to act like he was this friend to her and he'd be like you know i was just always being like are you okay and then he was like you know she never asked us to leave us alone to stop and then the producer says well what about when she said leave me alone stop and he then his eyes you know he, the eyes like well you know she never said forever, maybe just for a day. It was like, you are all part of the problem. And I, the other thing that I find interesting is all of the entertainment outlets that are covering it, and they're like, what happened? And it was like, you're all part of the problem. All of those photographers out there, those were your crews. 
Those were the pictures you were paying for. You loved the story. Remember when all of that was happening? She was just, she was a tabloid's dream. You oh, yeah. A dream. You all loved it. So all of those photographers were out there because you were buying every picture. You you wanted that footage. That is what happened to this girl. We well, what? One of the good things, I mean, yeah, that's really disgraceful in a lot of ways. I mean, we were dealing with someone who had more than likely undiagnosed mental problems postpartum, which is not a joke, a lot of pressure. I will say this, if there's been an upside to social media and uh, YouTube and everything like that, is that the power has been taken away from the paparazzi because we can just go out, you know, and shoot the stuff if we want to, you know. I mean, I think the, the other big takeaway from this, and I mean, this is all framed around the conservatorship, which yep. is kind of, maybe we can go back and, dis, you know, discuss that in depth as it, as it unfolds, but you I gotta think to go back to court, I believe, in March. Yeah, so we can look at it, I think, then, um, but, um, the, you know, the big sort of, like, fallout from this, such as it is, is, you know, Justin Timberlake's blah, blah, blah. I mean, we're reminded what a dick he is, and I'm sorry, he's a dick, he's always been a dick, Black um, people, we he, never forgot how much of a dick he is. So, like, we, we chopped him after the Janet, the way he handled the Janet situation, and he never really got fully back in with, no. with, with, with black folks. And just again, even, I would, I wish he had just stayed silent. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I, I hate, I hate fake apology. I cannot stand publicist apology. I, I, being in the music industry, seeing that shit so many times, it's like, I'd rather you say nothing. Than the, than the publicist statement that everyone knows you didn't write. Because when you read them, it's like, it doesn't even sound like the way any of these people talk. It sounds like it went through five different people. And that's just not genuine. Well, it did. Of course yeah, it and did. The, and the thing is, it's not genuine. It came out and it made shit worse because no one's buying it. It's like, you, it's been so many years where you fucked over Janet. We don't need your apology. She doesn't need your apology. Pretty well, Spears also- doesn't need your apology. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's also, and this, you know, I was getting into it with people on, on Facebook, which I really shouldn't do because it's oh, a waste of time. It's a waste of time. But the thing is, is that this is not cancel culture. No one is saying that Justin Timberlake should go on an island somewhere and right. never record again. If he puts out a good record again, his problem is that he's put out shitty music for the last mm-hmm. couple of years. But if he would, no one's saying that, but what I'm saying is I, you know, you have never taken responsibility. It's not called cancel culture. It's called consequences. You have never taken responsibility right. for your behavior. And I'm sorry, you knew at age 22, whatever, that going on a radio and saying, yeah, I fucked her was not cool. You know, and that's Or basically- going on TV and saying, well, you know, I don't need to do stuff like that. My career has been going great this year. It's like, right. I'm sorry. Excuse me? I, yeah, I'm, so I'm all for growth. I don't think people should be judged forever, obviously, by what they do. But there's there's young and then there's music, there's industry young. And they're two totally different types of young. And, I, I you know, I just don't, no one is saying he's canceled. No. I'm, it just doesn't ring true. The whole At thing all. doesn't ring It's convenient on his part. He's always had this sort of, you know, look, he's talented, but there's a smarminess to him. I've seen him on talk shows where he's always making it about him. He he just kind of, there's an icky factor about him, you know. So, you this, know. This is who he is, and we'll just leave it at that. When he got yeah. married in Italy and they had that wedding with all of those people, not, he did not invite one of his instinct bandmates. That's who he is. 
<laughs> okay. Not even, <laughs> not even Joey, and they like, were in Italy. My, my thing is, you guys came up together. Y'all had all of that together, and it's like, hmm, you're not close to one of them. Now one of them was invited. That's who you are. Or remember uh, when he had the big? He was getting his his achievement when MTV did that fucking whatever the the Vanguard Award, and it was the yeah. big think reunion. And they popped up and sang like a half a line. He was like, "Thank you. You can leave." Now. That's who. Uh, 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 to be young <laughs> white and male, or to be middle aged white and male. Yeah, All right. He is. He's let's, let's not talk about him. Toilets. Yeah. Let's go on to what's next. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we were talking, you know, we love talking about genres of music that have sort of fixated over, uh, fixated us over the years. So we wanted to just dip and mainly just so we can post some of these songs. I'm sure a lot of you guys know this stuff, but just kind of revisit Trip Hop, which was one of my sort of favorite moments in music. I actually did research, Courtney. I, researched. <laughs> I did. I researched. All right. So. One of the, you know, trip hop is sort of a very, to me, it's synonymous with England. It came out of uh, Bristol, uh, so not London, right? Not no, London. Not London, no. Yeah, and um, kind of first up in like 80, Nana Cherry uh, helped bankroll Massive Attack. And she also, I did not know this, worked as an arranger on Blue Lies, which was Massive Attack's huge, huge debut album in 1991. Eight an essential album, just right. full stop, full stop. Um, you know, so you had like this production crew of the Wild Bunch, which was mm -hmm. tricky, also essential, 3D, Johnny Dollar, Nelly, Nelly Hooper, right, went on to give Bjork the only record of hers I can listen to. Um, yeah, but he also produced, you know, Bjork's post in Massive Attack's Protection, which, you know, protection in the trip-hop oeuvre is like, Oh, you know what I mean? I love that, that album. That second Massive Attack. First of all, the first Massive Attack album, I had that album before I even knew what I had. So, you know, that was back, you know, that's music industry real. It's just like I'm in the first parts of my career. So that's when you're just getting everything. And I remember seeing the cover. But, you know, sometimes I would look at covers, and that's how I play records at times. And I put that to the side. But working in video promotion – you know, I would get the reels from all of the directors, you know, and see all of the different videos. And it, I saw the 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 Unfinished Symph Symphony video, which made me be like, wait a minute. Sympathy. I, symphony, Symph sorry. And I said, I feel, no, sympathy. Isn't it symp it's sympathy? Sympathy. 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 I, you're, um, getting, you're getting, the, yeah. you're getting, you're getting bittersweet symphony and know, unfinished sympathy. Yeah, all, I mean, all the Brits, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. All, but, it made me go back and dig into Blue Lines, and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is like, wow. I didn't even get an album. I got an advanced cassette. What, do you still have and, it? No. Um, but you know, it, I'm about to be a bad cassette. So you say that, no, like you wouldn't. When I walked in your house and saw the advanced cassette of Alternate Hayes, uh Blue Notes in the Basement from 1990, you could actually oh, have 1997, 1996. I know, I know. So I, I, I go through these weird purges. But, I mean, I so, I, you know, that record was one of those everybody cites it, and it was yeah. sort of hard to contain, but it was this sort of, it was obviously people, they were, it was an integrated crew, but it was obviously, you know, Brits in particular. And I think to me, this is when England put its mark on hip hop, even though there had been artists before this, because it was this very kind of druggy, very um, 
it was dark. I mean, it was really, really dark. And then they also incorporated a lot of reggae artists. I mean, Horace Andy, they kind of resurrected his career. And then Tricky, to me, I mean, that Maxine Quay. Well, he became uh, the breakout from it, you know. Oh, my God. Because that Shower album. had her album, but I love Shower's album. But it didn't break out the way Tricky became Tricky yeah. <laughs> from it. Yeah, tricky, and then working with Martina Topley Bird. Uh, yeah. We'll put all like I said, and then even before them, you have Tackhead. Remember Tackhead? I do. Well, let's start all the way back before it because I, if you really think about it, the earliest sounds, the the the, 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 the fabrics of trip hop are Nelly's production on the Soul to Soul Club Classics album in like '89. Yeah. Yeah. That those that. beats are starting then. Yeah. You know. And then it sort of coalesces, you know, with the kind of, and, you know, these guys, the wild bunch of all part, it sort of coalesces, and it's just sort of, my, our friend Leslie used to call it the suicide music. <laughs> it was sort of suicidal. Um, but very, you know, they're in, they're taking in, you know, reggae, which is not, was never a huge influence on American music, at, at least at that point. They're taking in hip hop, but they're finding it, it, it's sort of the undercurrent. It's sort of the beats. So then you have Portishead, you have Sneaker Pimps, the stupidest name ever for a group. I but love them. Great. Love them. Yeah. And I love Portishead. Portishead to me was, oh, yeah. that was a game changer. Yeah. Dummy was a game changer. Love that album. Yeah, and you still kind of, I mean, you know, you have Sia before she became the huge singing hit maker when she was working with Zero Seven. Remember them? I love Zero Seven. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, they were great, right? I so, was a Hoover Phonic fan, but like with Hoover Phonic, the oh, first, yeah. The first, yeah, they were good. The first two out, see, the thing about a lot of the trip hop artists is, you know, it was such a, the genre had a short period and most of the, Fans kind of broke out and really expanded the Uber. Like Hoover Phonic, the first two albums are really trip hoppy. Like Mad About You is great. Those songs are great. But then they kind of just went into more alternative pop, electronica, and even everything but the girl. They're like one of those acts. You know how everything but the girl has been everything. They were really kind of folky. And, right. And then they came to their electronica trip hop phase during Walking Wounded, which was their next to last album, which is a brilliant from top. To buy. I love that album. Yeah, I, that album. never left. It has never left rotation here. But and kind of and just kind of this is also coming out of the whole kind of acid jazz scene too. Yeah. So there's a, look everything builds on everything. There's nothing original under the sun. Everybody gets influences from everything, and it's just Chiba, sort of Apollo 440, all of it, you know. Yeah, it's just sort of building. But to me, it was in very many ways the sort of. The sound of Britain at that point, not London, which again, to Ritter, makes a huge difference because it's different. You know, London is a city. It, I mean, not that Bristol is in the city, but it's a different kind of vibe. Um, it's always been rumored that one of the guys in Massive Attack was um, Banksy, Banksy, which he is yeah. not. Right. Yeah, which right. he is not. Whatever happened to Nelly Hooper? Like, he disappeared. Nope. No, he didn't. Nelly Hooper is still producing and working. Doing his thing. <laughs> no, but I mean, he he was sort of poised to become a hit maker, and I'm just saying I don't see his name. I mean, you pay. I don't. I I have not heard of him in quite some time. Um, but certainly, I think the unsung, and we we love her so much. But the undersung hero of this scene is Nana Cherry and Cameron McVeigh. So, yeah. um, I mean, when you're putting the money up for the album, that's a big. <laughs> that's a big. 
big deal. So, um, yeah, we'll put a bunch of stuff up. I love listening to it. It's still like blue lines. Were you a mono? Were you a mono person? I love that life in mono record from the album for Michael Blues. No, I don't know that. You know what? Oddly, the biggest exposure trip hop ever probably had in this country was the theme song from House because that was Massive Attack. That was Teardrop. Or there's a really great soundtrack that everybody should check out. It is called um, The Insider. And it is a trip hop album, and it is really, 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 really good. Remind us, we have to start watching, I think it starts this week, um, It's a Sin. We have to watch that and talk about that because it's got Pet Shop Boys. It's about the 80s. Yeah, um, AIDS and stuff. Yeah, AIDS a feel good, a feel good show about AIDS. <laughs> All right, um, I'm ready to wrap it up. What about you? Anything you, anything you'd like to add to the uh, the party, my friend? I would just like to say, oh, another good trip hop soundtrack that is really yeah. good from 1999. The soundtrack to the movie Best Laid Plans. Go back and listen to the Best Laid Plans. Okay. Soundtrack, you'll love it. Nana Cherry's on there. And okay. listen to The Insider. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'll send you both of those. Everybody else, they're all live. Yeah. You gotta rock I, really, really I, get the, I get the uh, premiere treatment. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, um, any final oh, words? Yeah. I think I'm really curious and excited to see what D'Angelo is going to give us since it was announced that he is going to be doing a special versus event, D'Angelo versus, and he's bringing friends live from the Apollo Theater. I believe it's on the 27th. And he's got a new album coming. Listen, I'm a D'Angelo fan. I loved the last album. I thought the musicality of it was beautiful. You know, a lot of people wanted, like, big R&B hits, but it wasn't that. I thought it was a great piece of work. And because he's a really great musician, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring this time around. And maybe he'll show up on time because it's being taped. (laughs) I saw him at Afropunk a couple years ago, and unfortunately I was too close to the stage, which you would Uh think would be a good thing, but it wasn't a good thing. I was being smushed. Uh And he was shockingly late and people were like oh my god i can't believe he's late and i went i'm sorry it took him seven years to put out a second record and you're surprised (laughs) that he's late i mean have you met the man okay maybe i'm just a different ilk i understand sometimes artists being late i think an hour and a half an hour and a half an hour and a half okay that's a little courtney no, if I'm talking about if you give me like a little 15, 20 minute late. I get and that. Sometimes you, need that, you need that energy to hit you to get on the stage. There's a lot of energy to must up. He was but when you do the festival, when you do the festival, you can't do that because those time slots are so because they use they have a hard cut up time at night. They're so an hour and a half. Where in New York you have to stop by eleven or you yep. go into overtime. So well, well, sorry. You know, remember, remember when Lauren was late at, at Alpha Punk? Were you there when she was late? And she got late to her set, and they anymore. cut the sound off on her on stage yes. before she was done. But she stayed there with the band and made them play and sang the last two songs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. All I know is if I had a job and I was an hour and a half late all the time, um, I would be fired. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you and I can get it together to to get our shit together and be on the mic at ten o'clock, so can you, Lauren Hill? I mean, and let me just tell you something. 
for us, but you would think 10 o'clock, well, that's not bad. I was dragging to this mic this morning. No, for me, 10 o'clock is the afternoon. And I'm up early. Like, you know, I'm a person who gets up at 6. Oh, I do want to say, um, I'm going to give a shout out to Gina, our good friend Gina, who's a listener of the show. She's a warrior princess and she's doing her thing. We got you, Gina. This show is dedicated to you. Keep on pushing. I also want to say that I'm kind of devastated about Cat Craig dying. Now, I wake up early in the mornings, right? So through the last couple of years, through all of the turbulence of the last administration, I stopped watching the news. And I used to be one of those people would have, like, computer on MSNBC, TV on CNN, just constantly taking in the information. But it became so much that it started really making me sick and my anxiety. So I had to stop. But what I do watch is my morning news. That will let you know anything. If something is blowing up, if the president is telling something, you're going to hear it. So at 4 a.m., like, I, sometimes I wake up around 4 or 4 or something. I always watch Channel 4, and that is Darlene and Michael and Cat Craig. And Cat was everywhere. She, like, something happened in the Bronx. She was there. Something happened in Way out in Brooklyn, always just, she was that morning face and she passed away unexpectedly. And, you know, I guess your news people are the ones that, and your reporters that you see every morning, who you're kind of getting your information from. It's like weirdly some weird part of my world. And her dying was kind of upsetting to me. I was like, wow. So I just want to send a shout out. Rest in peace, Kat. We're going to miss you. Um, Gina, do your thing. To all my friends out there, because I know I've had some friends who've been exposed to COVID and have partners exposed to COVID. We, we've all been exposed to COVID. No, I, no, I mean being oh, positive. Okay. You've not been exposed to COVID because you've never been positive. You're negative. You got your shots. I know people who are positive and just who, who have been so careful, so careful, and yet it has come into their homes. I've had other friends who have been so careful who are right now just because of a family member or a friend visiting just a very random thing are now in quarantine. So I just want to say to everybody who's listening to us, it's like, yeah, we see everybody telling you the numbers are getting down, but we got to protect yourself. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Nobody likes wearing a mask. No one likes it. But I want all of us to get through this shit because I don't want another phone call of another friend calling me upset because they've been exposed. It's really getting upsetting. I feel like in the beginning, I had a lot of friends getting sick and people died. Then I had a period where everybody was okay. And now I'm starting to get these calls again. And, you know, on the news, they keep saying, oh, the numbers are going down. I'm like, well, shit, in my personal life, I keep hearing crazy shit. So everybody... Take care of yourself because, you know, Cuomo lied and told us that only 9,000 people died in nursing homes, and that was not the truth. So please, people, please take care of yourself and support your local businesses, shop local, check on your strong friends, check on all your friends who are in recovery that have to go to their meetings over Zoom and cannot go to their daily meetings. This is really the time for us to be a community and and look out for each other. And, and you know, I think that it's it's just – I feel really strongly that we as a people have to just get united again because this is just, it's just going somewhere else, you know, and I don't want you sick. I'm glad you've got your shot and you get your next shot this week sometime, don't you? This week, Thursday. I'm so happy for you. I'm, you me, don't know how happy that both. makes me. 
You don't you know and how me happy both. that makes I it, feel like know? I'll have like a little uh, like Superman fortress of immunity or whatever, whatever. Yeah, just, well, just something to help get over the hump. Like nobody's saying, ooh, then the world is better. But no. you know what? We can get over this hump and start moving toward to a better day. You know what I mean? So I'm really yeah, happy you know, for you. Thank you. And I'm hopefully you'll be able to uh, fake an address and get a shot too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so all you guys, you guys, listen, hit us up. We, we're going to really start going in depth and we're going to start doing interviews again because, you know, we know a bunch of people. So, listen, we try to figure out what's it going to be, right? Since we know there will be no more studio, we're really going to get into topics of maybe doing a show about one album and really doing a deep dive and doing some interviews. You guys interact with us. You guys have really been good. Like, especially on our Facebook. Listen, our Facebook is where it's at. It's Liddy. Y'all need to come over there. Our Twitter is where it's at. It's Liddy. We're having all kinds of good debate and conversation. Amy runs on Twitter, and she's funny as fuck, and it's a really it's good time going on over there. there. You know what I'm saying? I appear to have, like, a very interesting um, following base of uh, gay guys. Every yeah, girl's I, Miss Zink, I have noticed you have become... <laughs> it's I, like... I am the new... I am you're the Nana Gay. You're, you're Nana yeah, Gay, honey. I, I am the new Bette Midler. I'm very excited by this. Nothing makes a straight white girl happier than a bunch of guys following her. I see a lot of rainbow flags following me. I'm very happy about it is that. Real, I notice that every time I see somebody new following, I'm like, okay. I'm like, like let's yeah. do this. Let's do I'm this. very happy. Make me happy. Free Britney. All right. So anyway, you know how to get in touch with us, right? We're on Twitter at Finish Ama. We're on Instagram at I'm going to let you finish NY. You can follow our host party, Listening Party Presents on, on, why is that when I get to that part? I can't, on IG. Hard, hard, hard. Yeah, it's and, and follow us on Facebook. I'm going to let you finish. Let me just, I'm going to let you finish one word. We're really there. We're on Facebook a lot. We're always posting stuff. The hottest shit of the day. We talk about everything. If you if you put a comment there, we usually are answering it really quickly, and um, we're just gonna get back into the music, you know. That I think that's the best way for us to move forward in 2021 and just entertain you folks. And we're gonna really gonna talk about global economic politics. That's it. I'm quitting. Right. You lied and, to me. And like Amy said, we like uh, this trip hop, you know, because this is a short show today. It was really just like a. It's not. We're gonna go into a deeper dive later and really dissect maybe some of the albums and groups. But we really wanted an excuse to make a playlist of these songs. That we yeah, love. really. Okay, newsflash. Okay, newsflash. This entire premise of this show, of this entire podcast, is so that I get to be the music fucking dictator that I have always... Because since I'm not reviewing music anymore, all I want to do is inflict my musical taste on an unsuspecting public. Do you want, so to, review, do you want to review music some more? Would you like to do it again? Um, yeah. So do it. I feel like people people call you for writing stuff. Why don't you? No, do they don't call me to pay me. <laughs> I volunteer for the homeless, not for music. <laughs> and on that note, sunshine. <laughs> bye. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 